Welcome to Charleston Church Down East Weekly Podcast. For more information about us, visit charlestonchurch.net. We hope you enjoy this message. What it means to be raised to life. Now, baptism is not a salvation thing. If you don't know that, water baptism, you don't need to be water baptized to go to heaven. If anyone's told you that, they're very confused. That's not true. You say, how do you know? Because it's not in there, so it's not true. But it is symbolic as to what's going on in our lives as believers. It's a, if you want to call it an ordinance of the church, and it's symbolic. The scripture says that when, when we're baptized, we die to our old nature, we die to our sin nature, and we are raised to new life as Jesus Christ was raised after his death. Thank you, Gene. Gene's the only one that believes anything I've said so far this morning. <laughs> it's good to see you, Dana. We missed you. <clears throat> Might as well get all out of my system because I'm distracted. Rick, good to see you this morning, my friend. Keisha, Josh, good to see you guys. Simply put, if you want to put it in the simplest terms you can think of, now some of you say, I know what this is all about. Well, this will be a reminder for you, but simply put, baptism is an outward expression of what the Holy Spirit has already done and is doing on the inside of you and I. But I love the types and shadows in in the Bible. I love the symbolism that we find throughout Scripture. And I love this symbolism particularly because just as I said a moment ago, as Jesus died and rose again, we, being connected to him, our old sin nature died with his crucifixion, and we are raised to new life in the Spirit with Jesus. What does that mean? That means, listen to me, that means that your old nature... Your old ways, your old thought patterns, your old desires, that when we receive Jesus, when we allow the Holy Spirit to do a work in our heart, that those things are broken off never to be our reality ever again. The moment you receive Jesus, sin's power is broken over your life. And the Bible says that at that very moment, God himself cannot remember your sins or shortcomings anymore. So if and when, I'm going to give you an opportunity before the service is over to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, to give him control of your life. But when we do that, now I'm not going to get into sanctification, that's that's another message, but That's a process, but in that very moment when we receive Jesus, the Bible says the old is gone. It's washed away. It's passed away. And behold, everything is made new. So once you've allowed Jesus to take control of your life, when your failures start to come up in your mind and you hear it whispering in your ear, yeah, but what about that thing you used to do or still do sometimes? Or still struggle with. But what about that thing you said? What about this? What about that? 
let's think about this for a moment. If the Bible says, and it does, that the moment we receive Jesus, that God can literally, not that he doesn't want to, he literally can no longer remember anything you did wrong before that moment. So when that comes up, you know it's not God trying to beat you down. Are you hearing me this morning? God is here to lift you. He's the lifter of your head, not the one that makes you squander and put your head down in shame. If you're feeling shame or condemnation this morning, you can identify that that is not of God. That is plain and simple, the devil trying to make you feel that way. Scripture says there is therefore no, therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Jesus. No condemnation. You see, there's, there's this disguise that kind of takes place that the devil tries to pull on you and I that he condemns us, but he makes us believe that that's conviction making us feel that way. Conviction says, I think you might have missed it here a little bit, but here's your opportunity to make it right and come up higher. There's still hope for you. Let's just readjust this thing. That's the conviction of the Holy Spirit. He's saying it's not too late. Let me help you and we can come up higher. Condemnation from the enemy says it's too late. There's no more room for you. You missed your opportunity. You're too dirty. You're not good enough. You're an orphan. You're an abuse victim. You've faced too much tragedy. There's no hope for you. That's the condemnation, a heaviness that the devil would like to put on you and make you believe that it's God that's doing that to you. Don't allow the devil to fool you this morning. If you feel a weight and a guilt, now if you've never made your life right with Jesus, he may convict you this morning. And you'll feel like, I need to get my life right. I need to change things. That's the working of the Holy Spirit through conviction. But if you feel like, there's no way I can receive Jesus at the end of this service because of A, B, C, and D. That's the condemnation and manipulation of the enemy of your soul. You are worthy enough to receive God's best for you. Why? Because Jesus made you and I worthy. Our worthiness does not come on our own merit. It comes with accepting Jesus. And when we do that, we've been made righteous. We've been justified from our sins, just as if it had never happened. So make up your mind this morning. We're going to get into Scripture in just a second. But I want to, I want to kind of prime you a little bit this morning to make up your mind that you are not going to let condemnation control you another moment. Make up your mind that you do qualify for what God has for you and that you're going to, from this moment on, shut out the voice that says you can't have it. And it goes further than salvation. He made you right so you could be saved to make heaven your home, but it's more than that. 
He empowered you by the Holy Ghost and fire to take ground every day for the kingdom of God. But you can't do that if you're bound with a heaviness that says you're no good and you can't have it. You say, yeah, but you don't know what I did. You don't know how often I did it. You don't know that I messed up and I did it this morning. I've got good news for you. When you humble yourself before God this morning and make him the Lord of your life, he doesn't care. He doesn't care. He's looking for a heart turned toward him saying, I'm not perfect, but I want to follow you. I I don't know what I'm doing, but I want to give you control of my life. I don't know what that looks like, but I'm willing to step out in faith and say, God, you can have my life. Take me and use me. And at that moment, he doesn't care. God's grace is not on a, on a thermometer, on a chart on the wall. Well, you screwed up 80% bad, so you can have like 20% grace. That's not the way it works. He has a life filled with joy and increase and peace and blessing for you as much as he does for me. You say, well, how do I get there? Surrender. Transferring your trust in my ability and your ability to what Jesus did on the cross. At that very moment, you're dead to the old nature. You're dead to the old man, the old woman. You're dead to it. When you receive Jesus this morning... You can stand strong and say, hey, old nature, old self, you're dead to me. Some of you wanted to say that to somebody for a while. You can say it to your old nature this morning. You're dead to me. You're dead to me. And at that moment, when the old nature becomes dead to you, you take on the new nature. You take on the spirit of the living God The Bible says all things become new. Now it doesn't say you're instantly perfect, pleasant, and everybody loves you. I kind of thought that's the way it was going to be for me. I still haven't got there yet. But it does mean that at that moment, Before that moment, let me say it this way. The devil and your sin nature does have rule and reign over your future. And you don't really have any control over it. It's not good. You do have to just kind of wander around and and work with what you've been dealt. But the moment you receive Jesus, everything changes. I said everything changes. 
Now your future is only good. God's plan for you is only for increase, only for health, only for blessing, only for peace, only for joy, only for strength. And that's what you step into. That's what you have the ability to tap into the moment you say, self, you're dead to me. Jesus, come alive on the inside of me. I receive my new nature. I take on the nature and the character of God. I'm empowered by the Holy Spirit, and I will not turn back. That's what God wants for you this morning. He wants more than you want for you to walk in that new nature, that new life, that new ability, that new strength. The sky's the limit when you transfer the trust from self to the finished work of Jesus. All right, 20 minutes in, I'm done my introduction. Amen. (laughs) I kid. Excuse me. Open your Bibles if you have them. You thought, he's not even going to read scripture this morning. Well, I fooled you. I am. (laughs) Colossians. We're going to read two portions um, as our main text. Colossians 2.12, and then we're going to read Romans 6, 1 through 6. Colossians is about three-quarters of the way to the end where all your pages are stuck together. If you have a paper Bible, that's that's where that's at. Y'all doing good so far? Y'all ready to tell yourself, your old nature, you're dead to me? Good. That's not your spouse, in case you were wondering. That was funnier in my head. We'll move on. Stick to the scripture, Joel. Stick to the scripture. Colossians 2.12. And you were buried with Christ when you were baptized. And with him you were raised to new life because you trusted the mighty power of God who raised Christ from the dead. Pretty simple, but very powerful. I'm going to read that one more time. And you were buried with Christ when you were baptized. The going under in the water, that's symbolic. We are buried with Christ. The old is being washed away. And with him you were raised to new life because you trusted. Remember I just said that? The transfer of trust. Because you trusted the mighty power of God that raised Christ from the dead. Let's turn to Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 6, we're going to read verses 1 through 6. What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? This grace, this receiving Jesus is not a it's not a free pass to live like hell 6 days a week come to church on Sunday it's all good that's not what this grace is i can see that comes as a surprise to some of us that's not what it is Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. 
How can we, listen to this, how can we who died to sin still live in it? Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried there with him by baptism unto death. In order that just as Christ was raised from the dead, with the glory of the Father, we too might walk in the newness of that life. You have been united with him in death like this, yet we are certainly united with him in his resurrection like this. Baptism is number one, it's putting away the past. Philippians 3.13, Brother, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting... He's instructing us here that God's forgotten about it, that we ought to forget about it. I'm going to stop right here for a minute. Putting away the past means, I started to say it a minute ago, putting away the past means... If God can't remember, and you and I are instructed not to, and we don't want to remember our shortcomings, then that only leaves the devil if it's whispered in our ear. So I, I know I'm hitting on this for a minute, but I want you to erase any doubt or question that the condemnation and that guilt you feel is from God. It's not. God forgets it, and we're instructed right here in Scripture that we're to forget it. Forgetting what lies behind and striving to what lies ahead. I press on toward the goal for the price of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Luke 9.62 says, Jesus said to him, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom. That's a powerful statement. You ever heard the saying, burn the plows? Now, if you don't have any clue what any of what I just said means, it's, uh, it's contextual to the time chronologically that Scripture was written. It was an agricultural time. It was a time where they, hard, they, they worked the, the land with plows. And that's symbolic of the old nature, the old way. Men and women who were called into ministry... Let's take that for an example. Or called to do something other than what they were doing. They, they used to work the field. They had their hands on the plow, working the field. But when God calls them to the new thing, to the calling, to the new nature, we're to burn the plow when we turn. We're no option to go back to the old nature. No option, no plan B, no one foot in, and if this thing goes sideways, I'll just go back to the other. No, all in, burning the plows. And we just read that. When we go back to that plow, it's right here in Scripture, we're not fit for the kingdom. The Bible says a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. It's essentially saying the same thing about returning to the plow. A double-minded man or woman is unstable in all of their ways. 
The Bible also says that we're to pick which master we're going to serve. We can't. I'm just going to say it. When we receive Jesus and we get serious about it, you're not dating Jesus. This isn't teenage love, a love triangle. This isn't try this one for a while, and if I don't like it, then I'll break up with him and head, to, head back to, no. This is exclusive. This is when we receive Jesus, he's calling us to be married to this new life. He's calling us to not be double-minded, can't make up our mind. Well, I, I, I want to go to heaven, but I, I'd like to change it, and, but these people and, and those things I like to do, and eh. I'll, but God, I'll go back Sunday, I'll ask for forgiveness, it'll be all okay. I'm shooting straight with you this morning, that's not okay. That is abusing the finished work of Jesus. That is being double-minded in every way. He wants your whole heart. There's an old hymn, some of you that are above millennial may remember it. It's the nicest way I can say that. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. Now, I'm not going to sing it because we don't want eardrums to bleed this morning, but I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. I won't turn and go back to the plow. I've moved on. I'm exclusive with this. No turning back. Baptism is essentially putting away the past. Romans 8.1 says, There is therefore no condemnation to those who are in Christ. So number one, baptism is putting away the past. Number two, baptism is accepting the new life, the better life, right here, right now. It's always the pastor's kid that acts out in church first. Accepting your new life right now. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is passed away. Behold, all things have been made new. Somebody this morning, listen to me, needs to make up your mind. It's time that the old life dies. It's time that my old habits die. It's time that my old way of thinking dies. It's time that my old way of speaking dies. It's time that I stop going back to the old coping mechanisms. I'm going to say it a little louder for the people in the back. It's time that we stop going back 
to our old coping mechanisms. You know what I'm talking about. And say, no, I refuse to soothe the symptom. I'm going to dig this thing up at the very root. And I'm going to burn it with the fire of the Holy Ghost to ashes. So I can never pick up that old way again. feel like I need to tell somebody your thing this morning. Yeah, but that's going to cost me some people. Pay the price. You don't need them. It's getting tight in here. I'm not saying anyone who disagrees with you, you shut them out of your life. That's not what I'm saying. My famous saying here is, hear what I am saying, not what I'm not saying. Don't use that in your marriage. It may cause problems. <laughs> Hear what I am saying, not what I'm not saying. What I am saying is the Holy Spirit just prompted me to tell you, you think that, you, you know, you know there's a, a few people that you've, you just know that it's time. I'm going to leave it at that. You know it's time. Doesn't mean they're bad people. Doesn't mean God loves them any less than he loves you. It just means they're not going where you're going. I'm going to go back to my famous pilot example. You fly somewhere. You transition planes in the layover. It doesn't mean the last pilot has no worth anymore. It doesn't mean he's not a good pilot or a pilot at all. It just means he's not the one you need to ride to the next destination with. Doesn't discredit his skills, his ability, or his, his heart, who he is, she is. It just means they're not going where you're going next. So it doesn't make sense to stay with someone going in the opposite direction. This isn't missionary dating. You don't drag those people along thinking, well, I'll change them someday. It's time to just let it go. Let them go. Move on. Love them. Pray for them. And mean it. But it's okay if they're not going the same direction you are. Keep going in the direction God's told you to. Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ, and it's no longer I, my old nature, who lives, but Christ who lives in me. And the, and the life I once live, listen to this, the life I once live in the flesh, I now live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Baptism, baptism, oh my word, my tongue is tied. Baptism is putting away the past. It's accepting your new life right now. Don't believe the lie that you have to get yourself cleaned up and perfect before you can come to Jesus. 
We don't believe that here at this church. I don't believe it as a pastor. And I don't believe you as a people believe that either. Religion says, get yourself right, then you belong here. That's a religious spirit. That's legalism. But a relational God says, come broken and let me help fix it. Come destroyed and let me restore. Come dirty and let me help you get clean. Come lost and let me lead you to the solution. That's the heart of God and that's the heart of this church. You don't have to, listen, someone online, listen to me. You don't have to get it all in order before you come to Jesus. When you come to Jesus just as you are, the moment you receive him, one moment in the presence of God will clean you up far better than you could ever do in your own strength. And when you do it, there's some residue from the old. But when God does it, he eradicates every bit of residue tied to your old life. The power of the name and blood of Jesus breaks the yoke of sin and bondage when you come to him. So come just as you are to him this morning. Next week, bring someone else that needs to come just as they are. You know the night I got saved? If you don't know what that means, it just means the night I made the decision to give my life to Jesus and serve him. I was out partying. Danny, if you'd plug your ears for a moment. I drove by this camp meeting outside, this church service. I mean, I walked by. And I drove. The old, old man is dead to me. Amen. <clears throat> and I, I, I stopped out on the road and I thought, I ought to go in there. I'm, I'm arguing with myself at this point. Alcohol brings out our intelligence greatly. I said, why would I go in there? And I'm sitting here in the middle of the road at the end of the driveway arguing with myself. Before I knew it, I was pulling in and getting out of the truck and walking the long driveway up to the pavilion building out in the field. Dumped out my beverage on the way up. Chucked it in the back of somebody else's truck. <laughs> that's who I was. Not proud of it, but that's who I was. Really, I was doing them a favor. Take it to the redemption center, get a little pocket change. It was a blessing. Amen. But I walked to that altar with alcohol on my breath. If I'd have believed the lie of religion that I had to be cleaned up and tidied up and just perfect before I walked into church, I wouldn't be standing here before you today. I'd be on my way to hell if not dead, because that's the way I was heading.
But I decided to take God at his word. You know, the Bible says he looked ahead and saw you and I in our worst moments. Holding it, drinking it, smoking it, snorting it. He saw you in that moment and said, yep, they're still worth it. I'm going to hang myself up on that cross for them. That's powerful. That's powerful. He saw you doing that thing, that deep, dark secret you have today that nobody knows about except for you. He saw you in that moment and said, yep, they're still worth it. I'm going to hang myself up on that cross. I'm going to take the beating. At that very moment, he said, yep, you're worth it. Hallelujah. Come just as you are this morning. Broken, busted, dirty, disgusted, whatever you feel you are, God says you are none of those things. I call you righteous. I call you holy. I call you clean. I call you worthy. Worthy of salvation from hell and damnation for eternity. Worthy of being free from bondage and brokenheartedness. I call you worthy of my best for you. That's the new life that he wants you to take on right here, right now. I stood at the back of that camp meeting with alcohol in my breath, my face flush red, my eyes bloodshot. I know none of you know anything about any of that. And uh, hallelujah. The man preaching gave the altar call and said something very similar that I'm saying to you this morning. Come just as you are. There's room at the table for you. And I'll admit to you, I walked down that aisle to that altar with my head hung in shame. Because I thought God was going to be mad at me. I thought all the people around me were going to be mad at me. They were going to judge me. But I realized, I realized, I had nothing to hang my head about. I was giving my life to Jesus. I didn't have to live by their standard. Jesus paid the debt I couldn't pay. He erased everything I owed. He made me righteous. He made me worthy. And when at that very moment, when God looked in my direction, he didn't see the young man that came in with alcohol in his breath. He saw the standard, the blood of Jesus in front of me. When God looks your way after you've received him, he doesn't see you. He doesn't see the old nature and your hookups and hangups. He sees the blood of Jesus. That's it. That's all only. That's the standard you have to live by. So I'm going to give you the opportunity in just a few moments. Don't let the devil tell you you're not worthy. Don't let that whisper in your ear say, 
you'll just mess up again. Don't let the lie get inside your head that everyone's going to judge me. No one in here is going to judge you. I promise you that. Because we don't put up with that here. I said we don't put up with that here. Am I right? Doesn't matter what you look like, act like, smell like. There's room at the table for you. There's room and a seat here for you. God says, I've made room in heaven for you, and I want you to be there. Take on the new life right here, right now. And finally, baptism symbolizes favor for your future. Favor for your future. Isaiah 43, 18 says, Remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. Listen to this. I love this. Behold, he says, I am doing a new thing, and it springs forth now unto you. I prophesy to you today, God is doing a new thing. You felt him in this service. He's stirring inside your heart. He's shifting some things in your mind. Behold, the old things are passed away. They're forgotten. He is doing a new thing for you right now. And behold, I prophesy, it springs forth unto you now in Jesus' mighty name. Make a decision this morning. I'm stepping into the, to that new thing. I'm stepping into that new nature. I'm stepping into it. And when you do, favor will be found there. Favor will be found there. Let me prove it to you. Consider not the old things. Why would he say that? Because they have no bearing on the new thing. And it springs forth right now. Lamentations 3.23. Your mercies are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness, Lord. There's new mercy for you every morning. Whether you've been in the church and been saved for a hundred years, or you're still sitting there thinking, I need to do this today. Wherever you fall in between, You wake up every morning knowing God has new mercy, fresh mercy, abundant mercy, mercy without end, forgiveness without end, love without end, favor without end. He has that for me today. And when you wake up tomorrow, you can say the same thing. And when you wake up a week from now, you can say the same thing. When you stay connected to Jesus, every morning you rise, he says, here's brand new mercy for you. Now walk in it. I don't know about you, but I need it. I'm not perfect. I need his mercy every day. That's the beauty about this thing. You don't have to just be in church to receive the mercy and forgiveness of God. You don't just have to be in service to receive his love and feel the peace that you feel today. That mercy and everything tied into it is available every morning you wake up when you're connected to Jesus.
when you're riding to work, you can realize, Jesus, I'm going to live for you today. Therefore, I walk in your mercy today. I walk in your favor today. I walk in your forgiveness today. And you begin to realize that not only do you walk in it, but you begin to give it out to others. Favor for your future. Romans 8.28, I close with this scripture. Remember, we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to his purpose. And if you have any doubt, that's you. You're called according to the purpose of God. You say, well, I don't, I don't even know about this stuff. You are called according to the purpose of God. He's got something for you to do that nobody else can do. He's got people that need you and nobody else can do the job. We're commissioned to bring others with us. The hope you feel, the peace, the power, the encouragement you feel this morning, we're called to take that outside these doors, live it out, and bring people in here with us. That's your calling. And the Bible says anyone who is called, which means everybody, it's a bit rhetorical here, but the other condition is those who love God. Those who say, I turn my life over to you, Jesus. Those who say, I've done it my own way. I, I'm not doing it that way anymore. Those who say, self, you're dead to me. Jesus, I take everything you have for me. Those people, all things work together for your good. My friend, all things are working together for you and Keisha. For good in spite of everything swirling right now. All things are working together for good for you. And you're going to come out of this thing better than before you went into it. More peace, more power, more opportunity, and more resources. Keisha, I don't know where you're at, but I hope you heard it. Favor for your future. You say, well, I don't know if I want, it's too late. It's too late. You've already heard enough of it. You've already been under it. You've already been exposed to it. Now all you have to do is say, I received Jesus this morning. I make you Lord of my life. I turn my life over to you. Not because you have all the answers. Not because you're perfect. Not because you're all cleaned up or you've got it all together. But because he's given you an open invitation to receive what he has for you. No conditions apply. No conditions apply. You receive him, you're in. You love and stay in covenant with him. You'll find that the favor, when you do that, the favor and mercy of God just overtake you. You can't get away from it.
I've learned to live in expectation that the goodness, the favor, the mercy of God is just going to overtake me in the morning when I get up. Say, that's kind of arrogant. Nope. It's not because I know the God whom I serve. I know what he said in Scripture. I know that because I've stayed in covenant with him, I know that because I give of my resources, I know that because I'm not perfect, but I do my best to be faithful to him, that his favor goes before me. Your future is not dim. It's not dark. It's not dismal. It's not even so-so. Do it on your own, and it probably is. But get connected to God. Stay in covenant with him. Make him the trusted source of strength in your life. And you'll see opportunity come to you that you say, where did that come from? I got no business having that opportunity. Where did, where, where did, wait a minute. I'm all out of month and I still have some money. Wait a minute. I don't feel sick like I used to anymore. Wait a minute. I used to feel this when I did this, but I feel really good right now. When you get connected with God, it doesn't mean everything's perfect in the next breath, but it means that you're on the track for the favor and the blessing and the mercy of God to begin to pursue you. And if you'll, if you'll go and run with God long enough, it will overtake you and consume you. I'm living proof of it. I'm looking around this room. You're living proof of it. Stand with me if you would this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I just feel like I need to do a little battle in prayer this morning right now for some things. Specifically one thing in particular. God, I thank you that you are more than enough. I thank you that we can decide that the old nature is dead to us. And we take on the new right here, right now. God, I pray specifically for everyone tied to the medical field this morning. Every police officer, every paramedic, every doctor, every nurse, fireman, every janitor at every, right from top to bottom, I command a supernatural peace to overtake the hearts of the men and women connected. I speak to the spirit of fear, and I command you, you go now in Jesus' name. I pray for those who feel like their back's against the wall in this industry, that supernatural opportunity would present itself. That this week, things, a divine turnaround would take place. I pray 
that they would not miss a payment. They would not miss a bill. They wouldn't miss a date night. Nothing would go missing because of the decisions. And I pray in the name of Jesus that every dark plan and agenda for God's people, I command it to be exposed, reversed, and poured out on their heads in Jesus' mighty name. I command peace to come that would sweep over this entire state. A realization that if we stay connected to God, everything is going to be okay. (laughs) Oh, hallelujah. Everything is going to be okay. The Bible says that he would never see his children, his seed forsaken or begging for bread. Though you may not have made the choice to be living the reality you're living right now, God says, I will not allow man to upset the men and women I've marked. There may be some unsteady days, but I pray in the name of Jesus for peace and comfort to come. I pray in the name of Jesus that when they lay their head on the pillow tonight, the peace that passes all human understanding would sweep over them with an overwhelming force. And that anyone tied to this industry, when they wake in the morning, they would know the goodness and the mercy of God, yes, even now in this season I'm facing, is still available and pursuing me this morning. I thank you, God, that your peace and your plans for our future is not dependent on current circumstances or emotions. It's just based on your nature and your character, and that's unchanging regardless of what's going on in the world around us. So may we stand strong today knowing that regardless of what rises and falls in the world around us, we will not stumble or fall when we stay connected to you and your presence. For you are the same yesterday, today, and you will be forever. And I thank you for it in Jesus' mighty name. Hannah, wherever you're at, if you come back. Now you heard what I said this morning. We talked about the symbolism of water baptism. But the truth is, I... I need you to understand this morning, it's more than just a symbolic gesture. It is effectively putting away your past. Saying, I'm not going to walk in the old ways of nature anymore. I'm not going to straddle the fence anymore. No more tightrope walkers. This isn't joining a church or a religion. 
It's just turning your life over to Jesus. See, the Bible says that every man and woman is born a sinner, short of the glory of God. What does that mean? It means that because of Adam and Eve's sin, that when we're born, we're born sinners. We, we do come up short at that moment. But when we receive Jesus, like I'm giving you the invitation to do, all that means is that hell is not where you're going to spend eternity when you die. say, I don't, I don't know if I believe that. Well, it doesn't change the fact that it's true. There's more geographical and historical proof that the Bible's true than the history textbook at the high school. Just the way it is. But we don't question those things. Don't question the truth. Now, I'm not trying to scare you, but I am trying to wake you up a little bit. Aside from God, aside from receiving Jesus and walking in his way, when you draw your last breath, the Bible says that those have rejected and refused God spend eternity in hell. There's a lot of details in scripture. I won't go into all of them, but the Bible says that you would burn but never be consumed. That there's weeping and gnashing of teeth eternally forever. A thirst that can't be quenched. A fire that can't be put out. Torment that can't be relieved. But thank God he made a way out. All you have to do is say, I don't want that for my future. But it's more than that. It's more than just an emotional decision right here. Hear me now. It's more than just a 60-second emotional decision at an altar and then going back to the old and, oh, check that up. No, it has to go in here. It has to go deep in here. Yes, you come and make a decision, I pray with you, but then when you walk out of here, it's literally saying, the old is dead to me. I'm taking on the new. And in that moment, when you receive Jesus, when you ask him to take control of your life and forgive you, yes, you change your eternal address from hell to heaven. By the way, heaven is much better. Literal streets, not paved with hot top, but paved with gold. So pure you can see through it. It's a place without pain. It's a place without sorrow, without heaviness, without confusion, without sickness, without tears, without addiction. It is a place free from everything we face here on this earth. You rule and reign with Jesus. You have a mansion in heaven. You say, well, that's kind of weird. It's kind of like a fairy tale pretend you don't watch Disney movies but this is no fairy tale so it is a change from the reality of hell and its torment to heaven and its glory that is part of it but it's more than that thank God it's more than that what kind of God would he be if he fixes it after we die but we still have to live miserably when we serve him here on earth it's not the God I serve 
No, he says, I want you to make heaven your home, but I also, the Bible says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, we live in a fallen world and things happen. This isn't heaven. But it's his will for you to live free from those same things. He wants you to have peace in your mind right here, right now. Not just when you get to heaven. He wants you to receive him and know that though you face a giant this week, this month, this year, he's already going ahead of you and he will slay that giant. It's knowing that what used to consume you and take you out will only strengthen you and take you up once you've received Jesus. But the choice is yours. The choice is yours. Don't make an emotional decision. Make a life decision this morning. I'm going to receive Jesus. I'm going to... I'm going to pray the prayer with Pastor Joel this morning. And when I do, I realize I'm living a new life. I have a new nature. The old is gone. I don't have to live under the condemnation of that anymore. And right here, right now, mercy and favor. I can walk in it every day. I can get up and walk in peace. Not because everything's right, but because Jesus is with me. And he's overcome the world. I don't have to fear anything. By the way, I have no regrets that I walked to that altar that night. I was 19 years old. I'm 34. Math is hard, but that's 15 years. I have zero regrets. None. Because what I thought it would cost me was an investment that only grew better. Who I thought it would cost me? Can I tell you something? I see where they're at and what they've done. It would have cost me to stay connected and stay with them. I've been free from it. What seemed like, oh, serving Jesus, that's boring, so many rules. No, I'll tell you what, I go to bed in peace every night. I don't have to wonder what I did before I got to bed. I don't have to wonder what phone calls I'm going to get in the morning telling me what I did and what damage I caused. No hangovers. No jail. I go to bed in peace and I wake up in peace because everything's perfect but because I trust him I know he's got it that's all he wants he just wants your trust he just wants you to say okay I'm giving my life to you I, I trust you and I can promise you when you get vulnerable and give God your trust he will never break it he's a good father you may have had an earthly father or someone who was supposed to take care of you who didn't. But the 
that's not God. Don't miss your opportunity this morning to not only change eternity after you draw your last breath, but to make this life right here, right now, so much more enjoyable. He wants you to have joy here. He wants you to have fun. He wants you to have peace. He wants you to live a life that when others are running around with their ever-loving mind gone, that you just stand there in peace and laugh because you don't care. You can get there. I'm going to give you the invitation right now. Transfer your trust once and for all from what you thought you could do for your future. And let me say this, no matter how good you make your life here in your own strength apart from Jesus on earth, you still, the Bible says, is appointed to every man to die. And you may have the ability in your own strength without Jesus to change right here, but you don't have the ability to change after you draw your last breath. Heaven is real. Hell is real. Make heaven your home and make this home here on earth until then one filled with the peace of God, the strength that comes from the joy of your salvation. Bow your head with me this morning if you would and close your eyes. Now I'm going to make two different calls this morning. First of all, if, if what I've said this morning has resonated with you, you say, yeah, I've, I've kind of been in church and out of church, and I've kind of been half-hearted, and, but I've never really just said, God, I need your forgiveness. I turn my life to you. Come into my heart. If that's you and you've never done that, but you don't want to leave here, and I encourage you, don't leave here without making that decision. Lay your head on the pillow tonight knowing you're going to heaven. Knowing that everything's going to be okay because you've transferred your trust to Jesus. It's just praying what we call the sinner's prayer. What does that mean? When you start it, you're a sinner. When you end it, you're saved. Amen? It's just asking God to forgive you. Go ahead, if you mean it. Let's pray family style. Everybody pray with us. Thank you, God, for sending Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that you came. Forgive me, God, for all of my sins, all of my shortcomings, all the times I messed up. I receive your forgiveness this morning. I make you Lord of my life. I turn my plans over to you. I give you my future. I give you my heart. And I give you my trust. I am saved. My old nature is dead to me. I step into the new nature that you have provided for me. I'm saved. I'm on my way to heaven. And I will not turn back. In Jesus' name, 
Amen. Thank you for listening. If you want to connect with us, don't hesitate to visit us in person at our Down East location in Sullivan, Maine. You can also find us on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. Have the best week you've ever had.